come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness is bought with the precious blood of jesus christ oh come to two opportunities to hear from God's word today. The first one is from James chapter 4 verses 1 through 10. We'll serve as the basis for Pastor Victor's sermon today. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is the word of the Lord. And our second reading is from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Got to be honest, the, the image of the church militant has been something that I've struggled with over the years. I don't know if it's part and parcel of, of my jaded Gen X cynicism or what it is, but 
but it's been hard for me to grasp onto the, the, the church that, that fights, a church of, of soldiers. And there's an entire section of the Lutheran hymnal devoted to the church militant. And a lot of times I think that, that the battles that the church militant ends up fighting are against each other. Whether we're fighting battles of traditional versus contemporary or, or church growth model or small church model, we fight against each other. We are called to fight the good fight, but often we like to define the terms of engagement and, and define the fight based on our own agendas. So what is the good fight. In a reading from James chapter 4, right out of the gates he comes out and he asks a question already knowing the answer. He says, what is it that causes you to, to battle and wage war against each other? And then before his readers even have a chance to formulate a response, he's already telling them the answer. The reason that you battle and wage war against each other is because you have a battle going on inside of yourself. Because, because of, of your evil desires that are waging war within us, that's why we fight against each other. Just like last week when we were speaking about bridling the tongue, right? The, the things that, that, that we say come out of what's in our hearts. James says that that's exactly the reason why we fight. Because there's a battle with our desires and an inner struggle going on inside of us that comes out in fighting against each other. Paul says it this way in Romans 7. He says, For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at, of sin at work within me. There's that struggle. I, I, I understand that I should delight in God's law, but this other law keeps me a prisoner, a prisoner of the law of sin. And so this struggle goes on. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. James isn't making this up out of nowhere. He's, he's heard Peter talk about these things. He's, he's read Paul say these things. We have sinful desires waging war within us. Sometimes we might see it translated as, as pleasures. The, the Greek word used here for desires or pleasures is where we get the word hedonism. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you may die. And so seize the day and, and, you know, cast your cares to the wind and live the way that you want and make yourself feel good and, and we just do it for ourselves. And James says that, that what we want, you can't have. And then he says that, that we want things that other people have. And God's law says you don't, you don't need those things. But the law of sin says, yes, I do. And, and, and I'm going to get those things. I'm going to clutch those things and, and take them away from other people so that I can have them no matter what the cost. So that I can be right. We wage war 
against each other because of wars that are battling within us. We wage war with each other because the desire inside of us gets the better of us. James says that, that when we do those things, when, when we follow our evil des- desires that are, that are battling within us and, and then engage in battle with one another, we are becoming friends with the way of the world. Instead of on the side of God. And so if we take those things and, and draw them to their logical conclusion, when we are at war against each other, brothers and sisters, we are at war against God. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, the mind is governed, I'm sorry, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Sometimes we, we say that, that these desires within us, we try and dress them up, gussy, gussy them up as, as holy discontent. This is what God really wants, and that, that's why I'm fighting for it. But can any of us truly have a holy discontent? What's God's desire, brothers and sisters? His desire is that we would be one, that we wouldn't be at war with each other in in the church. And remember, James is writing this letter to people who are already Christians, people like you and like me. And he reminds us that that the old creation, the old Adam, keeps on clinging on to us, keeps on fighting the new creation that we've been given in our baptism. The old creation doesn't want that new creation to take over our lives and to live godly lives. The old creation and the new creation are constantly at battle in us. It's the age-old, lifelong reality of being both saint and sinner at the same time. And so the old creation, the old creation would have us fight against each other. The old creation would have us fight against God. When really, brothers and sisters, what we need to do is we we need to stop fighting and instead we need to wave the flag of surrender. Thankfully, James doesn't leave us here as enemies of God. He doesn't leave us here as enemies of each other. He doesn't leave us here as enemies of ourselves. Verse 5 in James chapter 4 is is very interesting. In in the New International Version, which, which we read, it says, Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us. When I read that this week, it, it's, it's kind of confusing the way that those words are put together. Normally, I really like to read the New International Version and the English Standard Version, which is great for Bible study, sometimes is wooden in the way that it reads. But I think verse 5 reads really well in the ESV. It says this, Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says, He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us. God yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. 
James told us earlier on that the reason that we fight is because we jealously want what others have. We, we jealously and enviously want what we don't have and we will fight for it no matter what the cost. And here he says that God jealously desires the spirit that he has placed in us in our baptism. We fight with one another because of the evil desires and jealousy within us. But James says that God fights for us because he is jealous over the spirit he gave us. God is, is jealous for our souls. God is jealous for us to stop fighting against ourselves. He is jealous for us to surrender to him. He is jealous for us to know that he is fighting for us. And then James tells us that this God who is jealous for the spirit that he is, he is placed within us, thanks be to God, he gives us grace upon grace. Brothers and sisters, we fight and wage war against each other because of what is going on in our hearts. And the fact of the matter is that God is the one who is fighting. God is the one who should be fighting and we should not because God has fought for our souls. His battle against sin, death, and the devil has already been won for us in Jesus. He has already put the old creation in us to death. Paul says similarly, similarly in Romans and Colossians, Romans 5, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? In Colossians chapter 1, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. We may live in, 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 in the present reality of sinner and saint, of, of, of old creation and new creation warring within us, but God who has fought the fight and won the battle for us, he sees us already as saints. He sees us even now as new creation. And he continues to fight the spiritual battle that's, that's going on all around us. And when we look at, at Revelation, there's tons of talk of this battle. And, and it's not the saints and, and, and the believers who are fighting this battle. It's Archangel Michael and all of the heavenly hosts who are fighting against, against Satan and against the dragon and against the beast and who will ultimately win for us. But we might say, yeah, but, but what about the world out there? There's, there's enemies out there and there's people who are doing wrong and aren't there battles for me to fight against my enemies? Paul says this in Romans 12. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. 
In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Those are our marching orders, Christian soldier. Not that we go out and fight. God is the one who is doing the fighting for us. Our marching orders is that we get to show the world that God is fighting for them. And we get to do it by showing them what life in his kingdom looks like in the here and now. By loving when we would want to fight by overcoming evil with good. Will it be easy? Not all the time. Will we still have battles waging within us? We absolutely will, while we are here with with saint and sinner, with old creation and new creation wrestling. Will we still be led by that old creation to wage war against each other because of sinful desires in us? On this side of heaven, we will. Brothers and sisters, James tells us to draw near to God. And when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And as we are drawing near to God and God draws near to us, the devil retreats. He goes fleeing away from us. James tells us, Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Because we are to be about declaring God's kingdom and demonstrating God's kingdom. And so we purify our hearts so that the words that come out of us are declaring God's kingdom. And we cleanse our hands so that the deeds that we do are out of love for our neighbor, even love for our enemies. And so James tells us to grieve, to mourn, to wail over the sin that keeps us from living in peace with one another. He tells us to humble ourselves and submit to God's rule in our lives. Will you confess your sins with me now? Most merciful God, we confess to you that We are by nature sinful and unclean. Our hands are filthy. Our our hearts are impure. And because of that, our desires are impure and the things that we do are sinful. We haven't always loved you with our whole heart and we certainly haven't always loved our neighbor as ourselves, especially our enemies. We've sinned against you and against each other by our thoughts and our words and by our actions. Father, we grieve for these sins. We mourn over these sins. We wail over these sins that have kept us from declaring and demonstrating your kingdom. But Father, we draw near to you and you draw near to us. And so we pray that for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would have mercy, that you would forgive us, and that you would lead us so that we can delight in your ways and and, and, and walk in, in the will that you have for us, the will for us to be agents of your kingdom on earth. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God has heard your confession. He forgives you your sins. And as your brother in Christ and and by Christ's command and, and in his stead, I then therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so now that we have humbled ourselves and submitted ourselves to God, he lifts us up so that we can show the world what life in his kingdom is like for our good, for the, will, for the world's good, and for his glory. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.